find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just fabulous New York side to my favorite season four episode, Guilty Pleasures. And I have some amazing guests with me. Hi, I am Snarky Hag, back from a long hiatus of getting to be on the podcast. I am C. Kerouac, and I have not had a long hiatus. I've been causing ruckus all through the season. (laughs) And I'm 47 Mel 47. Hi guys, welcome back, and we're here to talk about guilty pleasures. Okay, so the thing that I want to start off by saying is that I realize this episode is really a kind of, I want to say almost filler episode, where it's supposed to be just really funny and comedic, and it's played for laughs, and I really enjoy those laughs, but the amount of meta-ing I'm pulling out of this may be ridiculous, but I don't care. It's just awesome. So, I just like to throw that out there. It's a dumb episode, and that is part of its pleasure. (laughs) I mean... It is it is ridiculous on so many levels, and as I'm watching this, I'm going, I don't have to think too hard about this. This is nice. <laughs> You're going to love the amount of BS I pull out of this episode. <laughs> so I really think that the arm represents humanity and the way that we hold ourselves to standards that are higher for others than for ourselves, or maybe the opposite, maybe the opposite. The funny thing is that, like, so we have the New York side, which is like, I don't know, two minutes out of the whole episode. Yeah. And it's, it's the stuff that's, like, not fun or funny at all, except for, is it even three minutes of Kurt? I don't know. I mean, his stuff's fabulous, but it's a lot of Rachel, and yeah. there's nothing guilty or pleasurable about it. It's just a <laughs> lot of Brody just getting the Brody and Rachel thing tied up as best they can. Yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting one. that he exists. 
Which is, is okay. definitely one where it's like, did Glee forget about their own timeline? Did, did this episode come out of order? Like, what is going on? It, it actually weird. did a little bit. Um, That's what I thought. This episode was supposed to be the original. I don't think they shot it out of order. But I do think the conception of this was actually supposed to be before I do. So it was supposed to be like diva and then they wrap up the whole... Um, like playing crush stuff and this then they get into i do this would make yeah. so much more sense because i was also having a really hard time placing adam whether or not he i couldn't remember <laughs> if he, i had to look on the wiki because i couldn't remember where he was on this he's yeah. mentioned for like a hot second but then i didn't yeah yeah they should have well, done that that this is dumb order well, but I mean, like, it, that makes a whole ton of community or a continuity issues too, because it, I, I mean, it, it does make sense after I do in Girls Boys on Film and Feud, because a lot of the stuff that like happens in those episodes lead up the to the stuff, stuff this, but, makes sense. Yeah. In the order they did it, the clean stuff does not. No, the but original you know, it, conception. Yeah. It kind of speaks to that tumblr post that's been going around for years it's the one where they show pictures of different writers rooms so like they show the picture from lost writers rooms with all of the notes and they show pictures it was a couple other things it was like lost and a couple other very plot heavy things and then they had glee where it was bare walls <laughs> and like a whole bunch of dudes sitting there going we know what we're doing yeah. no it was lost community and glee yeah, yeah. community because you have the community um the clock that they go through and then you had the lost with all of the characters and their notes over seven seasons and then glee is in a bare room that looks like they got locked out of their actual office <laughs> like you share like it's one of those sharing workspaces that they also work there with like google and red hat yeah, yeah. and like nobody even has like a piece of paper in front of them no like they're <laughs> it's like group photo <laughs> all right guys pretend that you know what you're doing well, this is also, I mean, I don't know when they decided they needed to start stretching out the rest of the, the storyline to get regionals to be the end of it, because I do very firmly takes place on February 14th, and they definitely decided at some point, okay, we're going to move regionals all the way to the end of the season. I don't know when they made that decision, but because of that, these episodes that are supposed to take place in over the course of one month, it doesn't really work either. So we I get this really, really squished. I literally have no idea what timeline yeah. we're on or when in the year <laughs> we are. I, I literally have no idea. Uh, neither does the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where we're at. Um, and, and it's kind of funny that I say filler because really this episode doesn't move any of the major plot lines forward, except for the Rachel Brody stuff. But it's um, so enjoyable. Doesn't something oh. happen with Charlie? Don't they have a moment? Not really. All right. No, because okay. there's it's just Jake arguing about, uh, or them arguing with Jake about whether Chris Brown was appropriate or not to sing. Yeah, I guess I thought at the end, like, the two of them had a relationship moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's blam stuff, but... yeah. Yeah, and obviously there's blank stuff. I won't complain that kind of about that, stupid. even though I have a lot of complaints about that. <laughs> do you? Do you have opinions? Do. do you want to actually say that before we get into the New York side stuff? Because we already did the... Oops, there's a big truck. I should have closed the window. I... And this is funny because, you know, within the concept of Glee, I just felt like... 
so much of the Blam stuff, the way they played it, was just so, like, sickeningly queer baiting. And it didn't make any, like, it didn't need to be that way. And it, it didn't make any sense that they had, that they chose it. But it's just so incredibly irritating coming from, like, this particular show. Because, mm-hmm. in theory, they should have a leg to stand on with this. But I just felt like every single interaction with them, and I get it, you know, it's like they have two characters that people think are attractive, and there's probably some level of shippers, and everybody wants to see Blaine kissing every single person on the show. I get it. But, like, it just, there's something just really frustrating for me when I, when I especially when I go back and watch it, because I'm so, like, I'm just sick of it. The, the, the crush part of it I just I'm like instantly sick of it and I think it's because you know because it's two straight actors playing these roles it just felt really icky to me there's just something that just never really sat right Mm -hmm. and it was never really funny for me I mean I just I I was very confused watching it for the first time all the way through I am sitting there going was there build-up that I missed I don't think so. I don't I think understand what's things. going on. Why are we doing this? I was I was very confused, but then I got distracted by things that were supposed to be guilty pleasures, which I enjoy non-ironically. So <laughs> like the Spice I Girls. I think it's just, you know, Look, when I love tries to match every two every song that together. they did on there, I do not have any guilty shame about loving them. It's like, wait, you're embarrassed yeah. about loving this? I don't understand you because this is great. I rock out to it in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> During the easy listening station. Yeah. I mean, later I have, on, I have they danced do a in job. a grocery store aisle, and I have no shame about that. <laughs> later on, they do a better job of making like the blam crush thing more harmless and funny, and less just like I don't know. Like, is it fair for me to be offended? Like, this is the hill I'm going to die on with Glee. Or like, hey, I find this offensive. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> Look, well, I just no think that's really super interested on Glee. It's a whole bunch of little ski mode uh, ski moguls. I, I think it's really interesting just because I know on when we did the other podcast, so many of those people really enjoyed it because it was just, you know, like they could still be friends and there was it was a different dynamic than the Kurt Finn stuff in the earliest season two, late season one, um, whatever. And I don't know. I just thought it was very, it's very interesting, different that they played it way better and they did they did that because sam is a decent character who behaves decently with every single person um mm-hmm. i just don't like the way they sort of teased around like maybe these two might kiss you never know oh so like the like, like the blow yeah. job joke or like whatever yeah, well, not maybe that, that's but like there on, was but... just there was there was it was played more it was played up more in a way that i don't know i just left a bad taste in my mouth and I think I think part of it is I think I was irritated because it was like two straight actors playing these roles. There's just something that just didn't feel right about it. So, so do you think hey, yes, Tin Hat community, I'm gonna point out right now that I'm gonna say Darren is straight because Darren says he's straight. <laughs> We're talking vagina sex all the time. This is not an issue. <laughs> you can put me on the podcast, put me down as someone who I've said that because someone else says that. We're just gonna move on. All right. So spice girls? Is this very Manilow? Any other topic? <laughs> oh man, so maybe we should start about talking about New York. <laughs> Let's start in New York or something. Let's start in New York. Somewhere. 
Um, well, unless you guys want to talk about the macaroni cart. <laughs> <gasps> I love macaroni cart. That's what I didn't like. I didn't like that, you know, Blaine is so obvious. Like, he is romantically in love with macaroni cart. And then mm-hmm. we're supposed to believe that he's, like, hot for Sam to this degree. Where it's like, but this painful. we all had these moments where we were, you know, kind of burned by somebody who we still had feelings for. And then all of a sudden... a. F- a friend next was like, wait, do I possibly see you as a romantic conquest because you're a decent person to me? Because I've totally been in that position. So that strikes me as completely legitimate something that would happen. Yeah, sure. I just feel like they pull it off wrong or something. Look, I feel like I Glee know. pulls off most stuff wrong. So sure. I'm willing to sure. give them a, I mean, it's, I'm like to give them pass like a weird, this. It's it was a weird complaint. It. It's a weird complaint. And I don't think Blaine has to like only have one caring thing at all but it was like just the way they the way they paced Blaine in this episode was just weird so is it because of against all odds being very romantic in nature and most definitely for Sam um well that didn't help <laughs> that was a very odd song choice like that's longingly romantic and not quite the vibe that I would have gone with if I was selecting songs. So I don't quite understand why that was the song choice that the powers that be were like, yeah, this is totally going to be correct for this scene. I'm just going to go with Blaine's uh, overarching theme for the episode was uh, enunciated by Tina, who says that was a phase. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, you know, it'll be interesting for listeners to listen to this podcast um, compared to the Blaine side of it, because the two groups have such various differing, differentiating. I'm just the, I'm the only one. (laughs) Again, I love them as friends, but Blaine is weird in this episode. Snarky's causing trouble. <laughs> Which is calling out all kinds of people. No, that's totally fine. Send your um, email to me at. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have differentiating opinions. That's, you know, I don't like candles and I, that is my hill to die on. So, <laughs> or Power But out. we are going to get to the thing that I love the most ever. <laughs> okay. Wait, actually, so, that's second to Kurt's. Kurt's uh, outfit in the Miata classroom where he's acting out something. I don't care what. That's there's that's my <laughs> yeah, guilty pleasure right there. Let's talk about the fact. Okay, this is where I told you I'm gonna get nitty gritty on all of this. I actually printed out my notes from my meta, so I have wow. a bunch of notes. I know I was prepared for this one. <laughs> that's impressive, terrifying, and impressive. I, I have some notes. RBI, I know you didn't make any notes. Mel, did you make notes? Pardon? Did you make any notes? I've got some. Okay, see, three out of four of us have notes. Hey, I've got no shame. I'm just shooting the shit over here. It's cool. (laughs) So, okay, so we open with, I mean, and this doesn't happen until a good, what, six, seven minutes into the episode that we get New York stuff for the first time. Um, With, you know, Kurt is, for the first time since he's been accepted into Niata, which has now been, I don't know, where do we, six episodes, seven episodes since Sadie Hawkins, he's actually taking a class. And I'm assuming that it is um, acting 101 or whatever. And you have to act out your secret shame, which, what kind of, you know, what kind of act, that's very interesting, like, thing that this professor, assignment that this professor gives them. Terrible Um, choice. Just be a tree, man. Just be a tree. <laughs> so. It does seem like something they would actually do, though, at Niata. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Because it's a fake school. Like, yeah, no, this is how we're going to do looks at Palm acting. I don't know. Scam. Scam um, school. I so, pay their teachers. I bet I could teach at that scam school. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what was the, I don't know, remember what the girl's name that was acting, but she is secretly, her secret shame was her potty training or something. Her I'm traumatic glad we ex- didn't have to see that. um i kind of wonder what kurt's what the one that he acted out because he starts like i don't know he looked like he was being attacked by bees (laughs) so uh, i don't know there were knees i got distracted i was gonna say snarky you want to say something about the bear legs here in february that we that we've got going on kurt's turning it up he's got the short shorts okay maybe they're not short shorts (laughs) he's got shorts he looks good it's a good outfit People, people in the otter must be like walking into doorways and stuff all the time. <laughs> well, Kurt says that at being a gay man, he has lots of guilty pleasures, um, and he is not going to act any of them out in the class. <laughs> Which, why would you? Yeah, it just seems like that's a lot to put out there if you decided to take your secret. Also, this is Kurt. He's not giving up any secrets. Period. No secrets. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we get a little montage, which, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was going through it, I'm like, God, this happened. The scene is like 10 seconds long. I didn't realize how fast it went. <laughs> um, but, I think it's um, because remember there was that BTS photo of Kurt in the Richard Simmons outfit peeking out yeah. from behind the curtain. And I, yes. I also placed that in the episode, like it's something that happens and then it didn't happen. And I was like, what? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so do we think that it's an actual deleted scene that they cut out? I don't know. Mm. It doesn't seem, you know, there's like two minutes of New, of New York in here, so I don't know. <laughs> well, um, so there is, he is watching a lot of television, Golden Girls, Murder, She Wrote. That's what he, he's doing, is watching a lot of television. <laughs> he's not going yeah, out. Yeah, but he's watching crazy. television with strong female leads. Yes. Yeah. Which is good. And he's like... He's eating. He's voraciously eating popcorn and like voraciously waking up his housemates because they're not enjoying it hard enough. No, I, I have to wonder. Does this was this like one night that he was watching all of these <laughs> yeah. and he keeps getting closer and closer to the TV set and they just finally went to bed? Or is yes. this over like honestly? The... It just sounds like the weekly lineup of TV Land. <laughs> well, it probably well, was. Tac- well, technically, the Golden Girls is on Lifetime and on Hallmark, but yeah, but was it in 2013? Yes. It was or 2012 or whatever, 13. I think it's I'm 13. not sure. I just know that I remember that there's some recap somewhere that describes that scene as Kurt getting closer and closer to the TV, like a puppy doing a photo bomb. Have you seen <laughs> that post going around? Yeah. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll tag us in it because it's so adorable. No. Um, so. Yeah, he's not going outside and exp- it's so funny that he makes such a big deal about. Blaine eventually going out and seeing New York the way he did, but he has barely left the loft. He doesn't leave. He just sits and watches television. <laughs> He's projecting what he wishes he had done and what he thinks he did, as opposed to what he actually did was, you know, keep yeah. up with Angela Lansbury. <laughs> well, Adam exists. Which there is no shame line. in that. Murder, so she wrote is great. Very, he could also be doing, they don't have any more sets. 
So, you know. That's true. I know. And they, and they don't, don't have any more minutes for the New York arc. So. Yeah. It, we just get his most, you know, the inner workings of his private mind. Which I love um, the sweat into the oldies bit. That's I was going to say, next we talk about Richard Simmons and him working out to that. That's good. He's it's keeping it at least. Outfit. He makes it look well. good. <laughs> terrible outfit. Worst. <laughs> well, you're the one with the clothing meta. What does that outfit have to say about him? Nothing. It's just a straight Richard Simmons reproduction, but it's fabulous. Worst <laughs> outfit ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we get. Uh, what this whole little montage is leading to the fact that Kurt has a boyfriend arm and he named it which, Bruce, which he ordered <laughs> online when he was on Ambien. So before yes. Adam. Yeah. Well, and he talked about being on Ambien right after the breakup happened. Yeah. So like, do you think I'm sure he's past the point where he's still on it? Um, yeah. But, but haven't we all people... seen a late night infomercial and made a poor decision? Am I the no. only one again? No. <laughs> I have not. I, I have not. Yeah. not. I have... Come I on, know. y'all! I mean... I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've made the poor decision of continuing to stay up and be done. Yeah, I mean, I mean and yeah. And get I've, up in two hours. I've done but that before. I'm these sweeping declarations because I am the cheese stands alone in most of these. You know what? But you do that so confidently and so well that it's inspiring. <laughs> if somebody else has, you know, now I feel like we, we, it's guilty pleasure time. I, you can say, like, you've done this. And now I feel inspired to say when I think of something that I've done. Uh, you know, I have not left the house in like 36 <laughs> hours and I've only watched television. So I... So I adore infomercials because they are ridiculous and most of them are the theme of white people can't take care of themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) because inevitably you have, you know, so much struggle, you know, white lady who can't pour milk, white lady who can't figure out how Tupperware (laughs) gets stacked in a cabinet, white lady who can't (laughs) flip an egg in her pan, white lady who falls over all of her kids uh, toys that are spread out over the room. Um, white lady who can't pull up her socks without falling out of the chair. Um, so they are truly, truly a genre unto themselves that I adore. And the best ones come on at very early or late times during the day and night. Um, you know, my favorite one though, is the woman who takes a hammer and just hammers the wall really hard and then is like really confused when it makes a hole yes (laughs) or like the ones who uh there's one who doesn't know how to crack an egg and so she just slams it down on the counter i'm like how do you not know you want to hear something on a more serious note which is going to totally kill our beebs vibe um oh god infomercials are actually oftentimes created for people who have disabilities but they can't get the funding for just having you know for uh, marketing and for people's disabilities. So they do this kind of stuff so that like it can be mainstream quote unquote, but a lot of times these products are actually meant for people with disabilities. And that's something I didn't know. And that's very handy. Thank you for (laughs) informing us thusly. That's so very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I own a clapper. (laughs) Do you really? I do. <laughs> Does it work? It goes off so much. It's so awful. 
<laughs> we just leave it plugged in now because I, it's kind of funny. Like it, it turns on something that nobody, like a lamp that nobody cares about. I love it just comes on. And so moments of sharing guilty pleasure. I also really love local commercials. Yes. <laughs> so I mean the one where the guy's screaming, just like gotta come down to this lot right now and buy this right so now, right you, now. You have your your local car dealership commercials or your local insurance commercials or your local pet shop commercials that are so low budget and so ridiculous and inevitably has one person who's developed this entire crazy person persona to tell you to buy this car now. And then you got the like zoom in shot of the crazy guy with the arms, the blow up thing in front of a lot. I just, I adore local commercials because whenever, so whenever I travel, it's one of my favorite things to see on whatever TV station, because inevitably there's going to be some, you know, low budget local commercial that really informs you about where you are. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I love it. It's especially great traveling abroad because you're like, I don't understand half the words that you are saying or what you are referring to, but you are so enthusiastic. I would like to purchase it in whatever monetary currency uh, I have in this country. <laughs> I love it. I love local commercials. <laughs> love them. I'm not, I don't even feel guilty about that. I love them. <laughs> well, I think the point of this inter this interview, God, no. <laughs> It's just Never an interview with Harvey about what <laughs> weird stuff she does at night. <laughs> I think the point of this whole episode is that you can enjoy guilty pleasures without feeling guilty. It's like, I don't know. Like, guilty pleasures shouldn't really be a thing. You should just enjoy what you enjoy. Well, all of these things that they're like, I feel so embarrassed to love this. I was like, this is mainstream. Why are you embarrassed to like this? And maybe it's just because I'm twice the age of these kids who are or the age that they're supposed to be. Um, even though most of them are played by 30-year-olds. Um, mm. So they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that I would ever let anybody know that I love the Spice Girls. I'm like, y'all, I want to go see Spice World in the theater. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no shame. Who doesn't love the Spice Girls? It's not that bad of a movie. I've never seen it. Big, ah. You've never seen it? No. Oh. This is right up there with you not seeing Steel Magnolias, and I am just horrified. <laughs> I'm horrified. The entire fandom has come out upset with you about the Steel Magnolia. I know. Apparently, <laughs> I just okay. I will watch We're it. All really I'm not against it. I just <laughs> haven't seen it. I'm so, sorry. My life is sheltered. <laughs> I so don't speaking, leave my house. Speaking of the spice. Oh, see, Mel has not seen it. <sighs> this is something that needs to be um, shared with anybody who has not seen it. Um, and if I could figure out some way to like cast it on Skype, I would, because be awesome. it is amazing and cathartic and wonderful and has some of the single best, best one line lines. quips in, so many good in movie dumb. Yeah. I mean, Mel, have, uh, I was going to ask Mel if she saw Spice World. Yes. You have seen and it. Okay. I, so also the dress that Kitty wears in this episode, yeah. I own. I have that. Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and I have worn that on. Outside the house. I might have worn that last year when I performed Wannabe in front of the student body at school. Yes! <laughs> that is amazing. I love yeah. everything about this. <laughs> My heart is so warm <laughs> knowing this. 
Yeah, oh. so can't yet. It's in my it's in my wardrobe. It's just sits there and gets gets pulled out occasionally. But yeah, I own a ginger spice dress. <laughs> Love That's it. so cool. That's so, awesome. did you guys do like a faculty like Spice Girls thing and everything? No, it was a, they do they do a week of a like the student talent talent sort of shows, and then on the last day it's the teacher karaoke day, and so <gasps> the teachers get up and majority of us just sort of it's just having some fun. There's a couple that take it very seriously. Um, I probably take it seriously. Wait, um, I'm an example <laughs> of someone else who takes it very seriously and what they did. Pardon? Um, Who else so, took it seriously and what did they do? Uh, performed the rose in a ball gown. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I just, yeah, I did. I'm like, and it was like my, I'd only been at the school for like six months. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it was, yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. I mean, I used so, to belong to a competitive karaoke league. So this <laughs> warms my heart. <laughs> what is competitive karaoke? So basically you have, Team, it's like any other competitive sport. You have teams, and then you have each team has two solos per the week. So each person, um, you have two people who do a solo, and it's in rounds. So one person from each team competes. The high vote getter gets the points. Next round, high vote getter gets the points. Um, and then you have the group number where each each one does a has to have at least three people on there, and whoever gets the high vote gets the points. But um, to get the points, people do costumes, and they make up their own lyrics, and a lot of it is very naughty. Um, one of my favorite ones that I did that I won that round because it was amazing, um, I, I did uh, Queen's Somebody to Love, but I did it like I was the Bachelorette. And so oh I had roses to give out. I had on a formal dress and I was begging that anybody in the audience could find me somebody to love. I, I had signs. I had somebody else who got up there and was Chris Harrison. You know, you have 12 roses remaining when you're ready. It's great. Do you have that on tape? <laughs> um, I actually might. Awesome. <laughs> Wow. I, I did great. I was amazing. Um, but yeah, I'd probably be the person who took that a little more seriously than you should. Like one See, of my be... friends did it and it was in like a naked costume because why oh, one of them did uh pour some sugar on me, but dressed as Starbucks baristas. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They they had to have a kiddie pool on stage because they literally poured coffee on themselves and you had to have a splash zone. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Well then. Is this an ongoing thing that I can go watch at some point? Um, I don't belong to the league anymore. I don't have time to it, but uh it is a thing that exists in a number of cities. Oh my That's god. That's awesome. <laughs> So anyway, um, getting back to the episode. Anyway, um, Bruce. Bruce. Okay, here's my list of notes. I just need to say I hate that he's oh. named. I hate the name Bruce. I fucking hate the name Bruce. I have oh. bad connotations with that name, and I hate that the boyfriend arm is named Bruce. Oh. It's like why would you do that, Kurt? Of all the names in the world, probably because it sounds a little like blame. There's like plenty of Batman. <laughs> But doesn't Bruce sound like some 50-year-old guy with a mustache, though? That's just me. Yeah, I get what it does. It does sound like an old guy, so it's perfect. See, I just think Bruce Springsteen, so every time it comes on there, I'm just like, Bruce. (laughs) 
Like that's that's my connotation for it. But I I mean I do wonder where they got the name. Like, was it just one? Oh yeah, let's just name it uh Bruce. Or were they trying to be witty with something? <clears throat> I don't know. I always tend to go to like Jaws as well, like the shark. Because like there's the shark in Jaws, mm. which is Bruce, and then there's the shark in Finding Nemo, which is Bruce as well. Huh. <laughs> I'm that's pretty true. sure. Because isn't that it's like the shark? It's Aussie. The shark. I'm pretty sure it's like Jeffrey Rush or something like that, and it's like Bruce. Yeah, because it really you're right. it's a totally like I don't know about I don't know about America, but it's a totally bogan name over here, like Bruce. Like, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's not. not, it's, not a, it's not a distinguished name in any way. Either. It's not that distinguished either. No, I was. I yeah. was thinking you would be a little more distinguished. So it maybe maybe there's like an actor, like a golden age of Hollywood actor, or maybe it is Bruce Wayne, but that seems weird. Or Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I don't think it's that either, because that yeah. would make him think about his dad. That would be mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> That's okay, but he names his band Pam. And I'm sure that there's a fanfic about that out there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, boy. Why, (laughs) RB? find anything on AO3. (laughs) Well, oh. Oh, I've made you uncomfortable. (laughs) And it only took half an hour. (laughs) For Bruce is wonderfully tailored in his smart little pajama top. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He's he's just he he does sound kind of distinguished. So and they here's are my question. So Rachel cannot try and steal his boyfriend. Here's my question with Bruce. <laughs> what yeah. is it kind of like Build a Bear where you can buy the arm and then buy clothing options to go with it? Or did it come naked and he decorated him the way that he saw fit? I'm guessing it came like with the pajama thing. And he tailored it to however he wanted it to be tailored. See, I'm guessing it came with just like a, a shum shirt that was not good enough for Kurt Hummel. And he went out and <laughs> bought what what he wanted up touching the side of his face and tailored it appropriately. <laughs> or could it have been a pajama top that had gotten shoved into his bag that might have happened to belong to Blaine and he didn't want to admit that he put Blaine's shirt on Bruce the arm? Ooh, that's Ooh. a good one. He probably didn't do that. He might have put the cologne on there or something. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of products in that bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have a couple of notes on Bruce um, because I overanalyze everything, according to my father. Um, <laughs> who does? He tells me, he's like, why do you overanalyze everything? Well, I'm like, because I do pop. That's what I do. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the significance of the order of people he's embarrassed finding out about it? Yes. but um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, he says that he enjoys being held by Bruce's non-judgmental embrace. Like, who's judging him when he gets hugs? Santana, all of them. Rachel, all, of, all them? of those people who live in the loft with him are judgy. Come yeah. on. And Santana even says that this is, seems safer than finding somebody on Grinder, which she's got a point. Yes. <laughs> she speaks um, the truth on this one. It would be, that would be complicated for him. Yeah, Bruce is not. But at this point, he's still kind of with Adam. Oh, kind yeah. of forgetting he exists too. Yeah, because like well, we it's... had the. There's no. I mean, we don't see Adam again. Like it's been two episodes since, um, Boys and Girls on Film. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. he's still. You know, we don't get the official news that they're no longer together until the start of the next season. Mm-hmm. Um. So 
who's yeah, it, 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 he's talking about his warm and non-judgmental embrace when he's still kind of got a guy that he's kind of seeing. It's just it's curious. It's interesting that well, Adam has an agenda. Yeah, I mean, not like a bad agenda. He's not nefarious, but he does have an agenda. So cuddling with Adam has repercussions. Cuddling with Bruce, not so much. Yeah. yeah, kind of going along with that in my line, in my, sorry, God, I cannot talk today. In my script, um, <laughs> in my notes, jeez, I have, um, Kurt's one of those people who keeps his distance from people physically, yet he still craves the physical intimacy, and maybe even more so since he spent a year with Blaine and always up in his space, but doesn't have that anymore. But it also speaks volumes that he'd rather have that intimacy with an inanimate object than a real person. He doesn't want Adam to find out because it would probably hurt Adam's feelings pretty hard if he, if the guy who's your semi-dating would rather be more intimate with a boyfriend pillow than you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also Adam... not the chance that he'll be a secret gigolo as <laughs> other people in this loft have run afoul of this is true kurt's seen the world and it's a tough world and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to open himself up to that kind of stuff no <laughs> that's true right. so yeah adam's first on that list but then there's god forbid blaine finds out because blaine would understand and know what kurt's doing admitting to blaine what he's doing is admitting to himself what he's doing blaine would send him an outfit of his to put on the pillow that's <laughs> true also, probably it's a lot cheaper to date the pillow than it is to date somebody in New York. I mean, shit's expensive in New York. <laughs> Do you think any of these people really care about money? I mean, look at the, where they're living. They're living in a loft that's like $1,800 a month. I don't even know how... Bruce probably know. has on a $50 pajama shirt. There's only <laughs> half. You know what? It's just like, the, I don't understand how they afford the the apartment on friends. I don't understand how they afford this apartment. I, as an adult could not afford that with full-time job. I, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Date your pillow. Yeah. It's fine. And Give then he says days. he doesn't want Rachel and Santana to find out for obvious reasons because of the crap they're going to pull on him in, in, in a minute or so. So, <clears throat> I love the way they reveal Bruce because he pulls this trunk out from under the bed and he opens it up and we can't see it. And his eyes just like light up. It's like, oh. like, what is it? Yeah. And then everybody's like, what is it? And then you wouldn't have guessed. Like, who would guess that? That's a strange thing. See, I had this moment of I when I was watching it, I forgot that it was boyfriend arm. And I had this moment of, oh, I wonder if it's a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> Because in most shows, when they pull out a trunk kind of like that, all of a sudden somebody has a secret history as a ventriloquist. Jeez. I had to, um, like, when he makes a comment about it being a little bit Jeffrey Dahmer, and it's like a little bit of an extreme connection to make there, Kurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, it's like, not the jump I would have made. Exactly. <laughs> You're cuddling with a pillow to let's not go there. Like, yeah. Um, and later he tells Rachel that he has the pillow because he is lonely and he needs companionship, um, which is interesting, again, because he's maybe purposely not getting that from Adam. But, like, he wants something. He, he He's obviously not getting it from Adam. So. Um. Okay, so I just Googled a uh, boyfriend arm pillow. <laughs> and How much you can do they buy, retail for? You can buy Bruce at Overstock.com for $37.78. And it looks like he's wearing wow. a shirt. It's a similar shirt. 
So maybe he didn't make any modifications. Maybe and they all seem to be men. Oh, RB, we can get you one that's a muscle man. Hey! <laughs> now we're talking. Shall I cut a flowy shirt in half and we can have sort of an outlander thing going for you? <laughs> Girl, you read my mind. <laughs> um, just as a Sing me a song, y'all. Sing me a song. <laughs> so yeah, well, look how much we got. If you watch Outlander, everybody wants Jamie, so that's sort of, you know, it's not uh-huh. really all that weird. I'm surprised they don't sell one just for this. Oh, you can buy one with a pink shirt. I think mm. it's still a man, though. Mm. Yeah, that's because Kurt had to give Santana's a sex change. Kurt yes. Sort of right. Created, I, yeah. I love that he added the boob. It was so great. <laughs> it was very thoughtful of him. Just the you know? boob. He, he wanted to be a good roommate and make sure that she was getting what she wanted out of said pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so so yeah, that's pretty much um that little montage. <laughs> which is like a minute long. <laughs> All right, what's I, next? Okay. <laughs> I'm going back to my script. Um so the next scene that we have is in the bathroom. Um I and this love is one of them in the bathroom. Really rare times that they're like in a bathroom. Like I'm trying I, to think if they're ever in this loft bathroom together together again. I don't know. And Rachel's singing in the shower. Housemate thing that they have going on. See, okay, here's my thing. Even when I had four, three room, I had three roommates at one point. I did not let any of them in while I was taking a shower. That just was not a thing. Well, these so, people don't, don't have boundaries. Oh, <laughs> clearly. See, me, me and my college roommates, we totally did that. We would have conversations while one person was in the bathroom, was while one person was in the shower and two people were brushing their teeth. And somebody was just hanging out there because that's where everybody else was. That seems like what Santana was doing. Everybody else yeah. was in the bathroom doing something. Yeah. And then she came in to cause trouble and complain about not having any shelf space. Yes. Yeah. When did she, when did she return to the, because yeah, I, I was going to say, I have that in my notes that there isn't any kind of, because in feud she's kicked out and then yeah. in this episode she's back again. Yeah. So I don't there and and Rachel doesn't find out about the Finn stuff until later on. Yeah. So Yeah. And when she comes back, when they're in the bathroom, she talks about paying a third of the rent so she should get a third of the shelf space. So it seems Maybe. like oh, they've organized some new system to let her back in. Yeah. Maybe she brought the happened. pillow back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I love that bitch is becoming a part of like Kurt's common vernacular. So it's like three episodes. <laughs> three episodes. Because when we did the Boys and Girls on Film podcast, we talked about how weird it was to hear him say um, bitch at low. He's like Moulin Rouge, bitches. And it was like, oh, that's, that's right. Funny. And now it's like three episodes in a row where yeah, that like, is true. Bitch stole my pillow. And then he calls he calls Santana a bitch in this scene when she's um, um, having a go at her about her tan again, um, about all the beauty products. He's like, one, Rachel's beautiful. Two, you're a bitch. And I was like, I like this. <laughs> I also love, like, the sort of um, truth time style bitch face that he gives when he <laughs> announces to her, we had a pact. Yeah. Oh, that, but that's the other thing, though, right? So there's where did, when did this pact thing happen? Because, again, Santana was kicked out. And then Santana finds out what Brody is really up to and gets Finn back in it. So, like, they did... 
you know, yeah. curtsy Finn while he was in New York or something? Or did, the, I mean, obviously, I don't know, Santana's probably obviously talked to him about it, but like, then they decided not to tell Rachel for whatever reason, or I don't know. It's just an interesting little thing. I mean, I wish that we would have had more to the story. I think there have been more yeah. interesting things to show. I do love them having a pact on anything, though. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little contrarian with this, and I don't care for bitch becoming part of his vernacular because I really do not like it when men use the term bitch. Like I I just it it rubs me the wrong way when a guy calls a woman a bitch or is talking about that because you don't get to call me that. I can call me that. You don't get to call me that. So that's my yeah. contrarian view of it. Don't. But like it. I also think it's. I don't know if it's my place to say something like this, but I also feel like because he's a gay man, he's Doesn't allowed matter. to get away with it. I know. I'm not saying that it, it, I'm saying I feel like the show frames it as in, hey, this is a gay man. And, oh, you know, they're sure. always going hey, bitches or whatever. And then like, yeah, that's still don't like it. Yeah. Not a fan. I'm trying to come up with a word that he could use that would be appropriate for his age and still be something they could say on Glee. Like, he's not going to call her a jerk. That's too, like, that's too childish. No, I understand like a meanie, why. But, like, I all understand these couldn't say it. why, why oh, they do yeah. it. I just don't like it. No, and it's I, not, it's not my favorite. I, I would, we, we would have words in public. But, whatever. So, that's my contrarian view of it. You want to hear my really unpopular opinion about this whole thing? It bugs me. That not okay, so obviously it makes sense that Kurt would stand up for Rachel because Rachel's his BFF and etc. But when he's like, Rachel's beautiful, like, not you know, I'm like, it almost feels like Stockholm syndrome a little bit. Like, I it just like, why, why? I, I don't know for whatever reason. I'm like, this whole like Kurt, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. Kurt not and even Rachel tell sense, each other but, how attractive they are all the time. And they're both people who had a lot of comments about their physical bodies from other people. Um, and so I think they sort of have a mo they do have some sort of bond about like having each other's backs about um reinforcing the fact that what they are is also like attractive, yeah, beautiful, whatever like of worth. Um I think I, what I realized, just as you were saying that, it's more of, a, I guess I have a problem when it's always Rachel and Kurt versus Santana, because for whatever reason, and I'm not even a huge Santana fan, I don't like anybody, I guess, cutting other people out. That just, like, for some reason yeah. bothers me, maybe because of my own experiences in my past, I don't know. But I'm just, yeah. and more coming from, like, when the feud was like, yeah, we, we just want you to be, you know, go away and we don't like you anymore. But that kind of thing, I just, I guess it's just a knee-jerk reaction that you know i, mean, I can be I irrational with it's really telling that rachel gets out of the shower well first of all there's the whole funny bit about how it was you know the shower reminds her of where she and brody first met oh and Nana's yes. like that's awful <laughs> every <laughs> time i think of water i just think of my love <laughs> i mean that's funny but then she says something about how she doesn't appreciate friends who make fun yeah. of her looks or undermine her confidence, which is Kurt doesn't do any of that stuff. Like, so she, she understands him as a true friend because she's not, right. she, she's, she's, I mean, she's so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I get that. And she is objectively very pretty. So, oh yeah. You know, absolutely. I, I don't know why I just, I'm weird. I think again, I think it's just 
you know, whatever issues I have with my own past color, whatever I'm viewing and not, it may not necessarily be a good reading of what I'm seeing. So I will leave it at that. I found Rachel really confusing in this whole episode. Because yeah. Well, and then like, see the thing. She it's gets like, on board with pranking Kurt really fast. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, um, so like I can totally see Santana being like, Hey, let's prank Kurt. But she's like, okay, yeah, let's do that. But I mean, at the yeah. same time, maybe, you know, she's also trying to not have Santana dig at her about Brody. Oh, and we get the little, sure. like little snapshot of Brody leaving, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. we're just, we're but just we going to be friends. Rachel, like, you know, the whole, like, she's an adult. She's pretending to be adult. She's doing all this adult right. stuff all the time. Like, that's her theme for the season. And here she's being, like, really childish. I was just saying, like, there's been this whole theme of Rachel pretending to be an adult and doing mm-hmm. all these grown-up things. And now she's like, let's do something silly and immature. And I don't yeah. know why she's so into it. Well, doing grown-up things that she, think is, that she thinks is grown-up. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Like, we're, we're going to have a relationship where nobody talks to each other about anything that we're thinking or feeling. It's so adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, eh, yes. no, that's a poor choice. Yeah. This understanding well, continues throughout this episode. And it is irritating, but it's just like <clears throat> weird. I, this is the, I'm just saying this is the first like sort of fun loving, I guess, thing that she's done in a while. Well, um, and I think it also kind of, it probably goes hand in hand with, you know, she's going to ditch Brody by the end of this. And we're going to kind of get, a, you know, more more of the old school Rachel back. I mean, yeah. there's not much more Rachel in the rest of the season, but um, definitely by season five, she's kind of that like high strung, confident and ambitious and, you know, and I know she's dealing a lot with the stuff that happens with Finn, but there, it's a lot more fun to watch Rachel after this point. So that's just my two yeah. cents on it. Oh. Okay, so yeah, they do... Um, the little prank thing. And I, I don't know, has anybody ever done this? It's actually work where you stick somebody's hand in warm water and then they pee themselves. Yeah, I've done it. <laughs> of course. I admit it, I've done it. It works. You've you've peed or you've had the held the water. Held the water. <laughs> How old were you? Middle school. Okay, oh, that makes that's, okay. That's fine. I that's, definitely I'll accept in that. College. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I was, you know, twelve in a sleepover. We're like, oh my god, let's do this. Let's see if it does this. Oh my god, let's freeze her training bra. I wore bras that I did not need to be wearing at to sleepovers just in case something like that happened because I did not want to be caught not having a bra, even though I did not need it. But <laughs> I would like to say. We kind of, those of us who made the poor decision to participate in that little prank felt bad once that happened. And so one of us went to go get a glass of water from uh, the kitchen and then accidentally tripped and spilled it on the other person so that they didn't know they had peed and they woke up. And we were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry we dropped water on you. So we kind well, of this is a heavy her. sleeper. Yeah. yeah, I would have woken right up the minute you guys walked in the room. <laughs> no. Oh, this is me admitting to so many things. <laughs> anyway, well, just feel like you can get privacy. it all out. I've li- I've lived a life. <laughs> curtain means privacy. It's really sad that they don't have walls because I think oh my that god, is the crux I, of so many problems. The best thought about that, like, oh my god, the curtain means privacy, is that he says it and it cuts to them. 
And like they've come in through the curtain, but they have that bookshelf that you can see right through mm-hmm. to the living room. Like that's yeah. also there. <laughs> we, we can see you. You can see why they're all going to have issues in season five. But I love his sleepy, like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and again, like we already talked about, I love that Santana says it's better than trolling Grinder. <laughs> she's, not, she's not wrong. She's not Especially wrong. Especially for Kurt Hummel. Not wrong. Oh, man. Look at what I can't happened, even admit, like, you know, this is where the previously unheard Christmas time is coming around, right? Am I wrong? Okay. Timeline? Well, no. There's two things about that. One, that would have happened at Christmas. I'm just saying. This is way after Christmas, too. That didn't Are actually Are we happen. sure that it's way after Christmas? Because I, I can't figure out this time. You were on the Christmas podcast. <laughs> I understand that, but I don't know what time of year this stuff is going down. Is it's, this really it's that February. It's I'm late just February. Saying, He's had this experience, which no, he you know, hypothetically could have had this experience. It Santana hy- then hypo- Santana hypothetically has a great point, and I can see why he has the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are those people that want it to be real. I'm going to stick with my it was an alternate universe. <laughs> anyway, also he and Bruce are exclusive, so yes. Rachel needs to back off because she would horn in on it. <laughs> like Kurt, I'm just gonna borrow this. It kind of smells like man, and it, it, it's really nice. And I'm really needy right now because I just broke up with Brody, and I need a man. Yeah, and you're like, well, it's better than me, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Except oh, for I'm boy. fairly certain at the end of this episode, what they resolve is that Santana moves into her room. <laughs> that's explicitly stated but okay roommate they say roommate not housemate but okay i don't think they're thinking too deeply about that no i guess why am i trying to put more thought into this okay lower your expectations lower your expectations (laughs) anyway it's awesome rumpled sleepy kurt is perfection i love it yeah we get a lot of you know less not as much clothed clothed Kurt a lot in this of episode. comfy Kurt. He could, you know, it's February, so yeah, you know, he's not going to be too hot or anything. Well, he's always too hot, Snarky. Sure. I mean, <laughs> did you see him in the improv class? Dear God. <laughs> Come on, I don't even usually make those jokes. You should be appreciative. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, um, okay, so after we get that, we get, I love, okay, I love when Kurt brings them their own boyfriend pillows. He's so excited. He's like, get ready, guys. I gave you a present. It's going to be awesome. He's having so much fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so yeah. And, I feel like and, his other secret shame should be crafting. Yeah. He's doing a lot of crafting. <laughs> I mean, that's not really a secret shame. We all saw what he did to Pavarotti's casket. That's true. That's true. And he did that out in the open where all, <laughs> anybody could see him at magical gay Hogwarts. And I, so... <laughs> I love the image of him at the Hummel house when Sam lives there. And Sam's, like, doing the macaroni art and Kurt's be- gluing jewels onto something and they're like sharing the glue and talking and hanging out and doing their crafting i kind I like of that. have a mental image of kurt approaching scrapbooking in in the leslie nope style 
<laughs> like, I kind of hope that there's an entire bookcase of scrapbooks of what should be meaningless events that he has commemorated through fancy cuts, jewels, and uh, stickers. Well, Blaine for sure has. <laughs> it's true. We see physical evidence in that. Of that. Um, so yeah, this is they get into this, and then Rachel's not happy, and she's still upset about Brody. And then we get she doesn't need this pillow because she is a mature woman, and you know Brody might come back. And uh, and I love that Santana. I do kind of like Santana being like, look, no, like this is over. This needs to be over now. She, you know, I don't know. Maybe you guys can speak on to should she have told. Rachel the truth or should she have let Rachel find out on her own or she should have told her oh my god if anybody if I was ever dating somebody who was also doing something who also had a job like that that I was not aware of I would hope that one of my friends was like um FYI just so you know I want you to know this I don't want to find this out on my own yeah yeah Mm -hmm. This, that's girl yeah. code. That is girl she, code. You let she should have gone straight. She's gone straight to Santana and not call Rachel's ex boyfriend to come oh, to yeah. New York to beat yeah. the guy up. Well, the yeah, thing is exactly. Santana. I feel like the messed up thing that Finn does is exactly the kind of messed up thing that Santana would do mm-hmm. if it were about Brittany. Mm-hmm. So. I see why she and Finn are sort of simpatico on that point. And then it does also make sense that, like, then all this stuff's happened and Kurt finds out about it. And in order for him to tell Rachel, he has to expose his brother, their housemate, and put Rachel under all the stress and drama. It just feels like more. I mean, he's right. She can't handle anything. So, like, it's more than she can handle. But mm-hmm. I'm so frustrated that everybody's doing all this handling of stuff on her behalf even though you know she's the grown-up darn it and she's also a person and like she needs to be like physically safe and uh, that's what i was frustrated about this whole like do i care that brody's a sex worker no do i want to know that they were having safe sex yes that is the only thing i care about but also like if she thinks she's maybe pregnant and he's a sex worker they need to be having a talk. Exactly. Like, and it has nothing to do with any of any of the other points that Glee brings up are so stupid. Like there is one important <clears throat> point here that maybe for the young adult viewership, they should bring up. Like it's not the icky ooh weird Brody's like weird. It's that this is unsafe. Yeah. And they never do. And I think that's I agree with your frustration because you know, there's a conversation to be had here about, you know, having safe sex. And obviously they'll do it to a, a relatively well degree when they do tested and they talk about Artie and chlamydia, but like why they can't seem to do it here. And I, I don't like that Brody is discarded because ew, gross, this is what he was doing. Yeah. Not, you know, wow, it's wrong that he lied to me, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, for all the reasons that you mentioned. But I so. don't feel like Brody is like... Like, everybody involved in Rachel's world is wronging her right now. Yeah. <laughs> Even the people well, who are trying to do good. So, I mean, I knew, you know, you, you knew that Santana wasn't going to be able to keep it a secret because she fucking loves that plan that she oh, yeah. crafted with Finn. She loves it. But, 
But yeah, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, you know, Kurt, when do you think a good time? I guess you said earlier about after, after the funny girl. But yeah. still, it, it's you know she needed to know, and sure. I I guess in general, and this is a kind of going back to. I don't want to necessarily say it, the same issues of season three, Rachel, but it, sometimes it drives me crazy when the show like has to, you know, uh, take care of the fragility of Rachel. Yeah. Like, you know, people are going to get hurt and, you know, sometimes that's life. And I feel I mean, like, I... Ra- Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was no, just no, say she feels coddled a lot. So mm-hmm. she loves Why being coddled. Why would you not tell your friend what's going on? Well, I like it just, I just, I just don't got, get it. They got Brody to leave, and so they can wait and tell her after her audition. I see yeah. it's not the greatest logic, but it's not as bad as some of the other logic. Mm-hmm. So I can see it. And like, I mean, there could also potentially be. I mean, Kurt could be trying to protect his he his own mindset for a little bit there, because I mean, he's the one living with Rachel. He's the one who, as you said, the show always has to have him dealing with her and being the support for her and everything like that, and especially in this particular time as she's heading into the Funny Girl audition. He's dealing with his own stuff as well. You know, whatever's going on with him, whatever's going on with Adam at this particular point in time, he's coming to, he's dealing with his residual feelings for Blaine, you know, after the wedding and and everything like that having to deal with Rachel's drama on top of his own. Sometimes, you know, when you're going through things, when you're dealing with things, sometimes the last thing you need is to take on other people's drama as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe it's just like I just have to hold off on that for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. She's totally. she's not in the relationship with him anymore. She's safe for now. Right. We can deal with that at another time. Yep. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um. So going into – I'm – want to bring this up purposely. I know sometimes we usually skip over this kind of stuff, but um, what I call, what did I call it in my notes? The epic tragedy of Brody and Rachel. Um, <laughs> the reason I want to bring this up is because this particular scene mirrors the scene that Kurt and Adam have in Girls and Boys on film. Um, it's a little bit more involved. The whole story arc was obviously a lot bigger. There's a lot of I don't know, dare you say, more problematic things in this scene. Um, it seems but it's so frustrating. But it's, yeah, but it's definitely a parallel. Um, it's also kind of the last parallel that I see very pronounced between, like, the clean and visual narratives. But, um, yeah, so... I, 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 gosh, even how this starts when Rachel comes in and she's got this money and I, you know, it's funny. I was, when I watched it today, there are people in the room because like some Mm -hmm. class just got out and like in the minute, like she hands him money and like Brody's like, what is this? And like everybody leaves, just everybody's gone. (laughs) Like, yeah, we're not going to be here for this. But uh, I just, I mean, talk about Rachel who was wanting to be mature and yet she's acting so immature coming to him like that and just, Mm -hmm. uh, and she's super judgmental, but it's like, it's for all the wrong reasons. I mean, I get it. He's a hooker, but what matters is the deceit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then he, he kind of pushes back on her privilege and she instantly breaks down about, you know, everything and in their mm-hmm. honesty. And, and then Brody tells her about Finn beating him up and she's into it. Yeah. She's like touched by it. And, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So I said this on the feud podcast. I'm going to say this here too. What friend did was wrong and should not be framed romantically. Cause the show's trying to frame it as this, you know, he's defending yeah. her honor and no, 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 and no, no, Rachel no, no. Romantic, takes it as romantic. Rachel takes it as romantic. And what? Yeah, she actually, Rachel. she thanks, she thanks Santana for like getting Finn to come and defend her honor. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah. Didn't you remember anything from the breakup where you, you shouted at him, I am a grown woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently that, not. Rachel? But it was so sweet that he like came all the way and made a decision about my life. Mm-hmm. And then he beat up this guy who I was totally seeing. And he really made decisions for me. And I found that really romantic. Yeah. I mean, she says one smart thing. She mentions that she thinks maybe she was using the relationship to like fill in her own personal heartache because mm-hmm. Brody's a rebound, just like Bruce is, as we could say. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just like Adam like, is, like I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Ad, does Adam exist right now? Hmm, who can tell? Um, like, I get that. But, oh. Is this also the scene where they sing that super terrible version of Creep? Oh, yeah. I was getting yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> It's a terrible song choice. They have that yeah, creepy montage missed... in her room. Where it's one also a really bad version sleep. of it. Like, it's well, it, it being inappropriate is totally one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is it's just a really bad version of it. Yeah, it's a yeah. bad version. It doesn't fit. It's inappropriate. I just, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like her, Leah Michelle's acting in the scene was just super weird. She Did had it? on super Rachel face for most of it. Mm-hmm. Like the lips are pulled way back with her face, and it was it was it was not a it was not aesthetically pleasing to watch. Hmm. Well, my that whole is thing not, is yeah, it was weird on multiple levels. I mean, the the song "Creep" has such a different meaning than what it's not a breakup song. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy being really creepy watching another woman. So I don't even whatever but i mean i can see when i was watching it i was paying attention to the lyrics i could kind of see what they were trying to go for but it still is very weird in a lot of ways but on top of that like you're right there's that whole montage of them in the same room together and i'm like well he already moved out why is this montage here this makes no sense the whole and, all of the montage and then they're running through niata why are they running what's going on there's nothing and it's weird and plus you know it I, I know this was the radio ed- edit, and I know you can't say fucking creep on Glee, but it does take away some of it. Like it's just that song; it doesn't it doesn't work. It just doesn't. I work just felt like they didn't understand what the song was about. No, here's an analogy. Not the first time, and it- obviously I'm an older person, and there was a time <laughs> when I was in high school when uh, there was like a really big Depeche Mode album, and there was that song "I'm Taking a Ride with My Best Friend," which is about using heroin. Yeah, and these mm-hmm. other teenage yeah. girls would like sing it and be happy and think that they were talking about driving around with their friends and having fun, and I was horrified because I was like, "Do you? Can you not? Oh, you don't get it. Okay, fine." And I just felt like this is what Glee's doing. There's it's like, the danger of multiple levels to a song. <sighs> well, it's kind of like when they used uh, "Losing My Religion" literally instead of. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's not that many ways that you can no. interpret no. it. Like it's pretty straightforward in terms of the lyrics. Yeah, and I was I was reading on the wiki, it was originally supposed to be a Rachel solo, which would have been even what? weirder. Worse. Yeah. So much worse. Like that so would have made less sense. Like, like of all 
I just feel, A, I feel like it's so weird that Radiohead would even give their permission for their song to be used in Glee. It just well, doesn't. Radiohead just... hates creep. And so okay. they're probably like, whatever, we can get cash out of it. It's fine. <laughs> they hated it yeah. when they were recording it. It just okay. seems like breakup songs are available. Yeah. There's so many breakup amazing songs. Amazing. Just, you know, find just find an Adele song or something. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they were trying to frame frame Brody as really creepy, and he is, but not because he's a sex worker. Like, <laughs> I actually feel like in this episode, Brody comes yeah. out pretty good. No, yeah. I do, he's I do. In this episode, though, yeah, I think this he episode. becomes. <laughs> he's definitely By the more the mature it, one. Like, I feel for you. You got assaulted. You know, you made some bad choices. You're trying to own up to them, kind of. You're calling her out on, you know, things that she does. She's been ignoring the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah. So, so yeah, that's the end of Brody. I, it's funny because at the end of it, he's like, you know, seeing around, seeing you around is gonna suck. But like, we never have to see you again. So, yeah. goodbye. Like, it, it's it's interesting because there's no. As I, unless I'm forgetting, Brody is never mentioned again. Not even in the rest of this season. He obviously no. made a very large impression. So we just sat through this like 17 arc episode arc, and nothing comes out of it. I don't know. Rachel really loves Finn. That's what comes out of it. She's really impressed that she's Finn would meet Christ. up somebody for her. Without her asking. Jesus. So romantic. So I say to the people, you know, I know everyone was frustrated that there was not more Kurt story and not more Kurt Adams stuff. But this is what happens when Glee has very long arcs. (laughs) So I don't know if it was the worst thing. (laughs) I don't know. I just felt like that breakup scene between her and Brody took forever. And then they tacked a song on it. And then we get she comes home and there's like some super entertaining gay bonding going on. And I'm like, can I get half an hour of this instead? I know. Well, that's the other <laughs> thing I wanted to mention is that, I mean, obviously the Brody thing was going to end at a, at a point and at some point it was going to happen. So we, we knew it was coming, but, and thankfully this is more or less the last time they're going to do this. Again, you have this nice setup in this episode of Kurt and guilty pleasures and Bruce, and maybe we could have gotten something that was a little bit more in depth with Kurt, but no, we had to, you know, and the Brody thing. So, <sighs> just tired of everything being about Rachel. Well, just like Glee, we can now forget that Brody ever existed. That's true. Hi. Um, however, oh. we should talk about the lovely gay bonding that goes on. Um, oh. Kurt and Santana watching Facts of Life, joking around, talking about George Clooney with a mullet, with their boyfriend, girlfriend pillows. Who doesn't Joe love George Clooney together. with a mullet? <laughs> it's I, stuff. On the issue, since I brought up the career baiting before, I was totally amused that they, they talk about Joe and Blair getting together. And then when Rachel comes in, she's like, I want to play Blair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Subtle. Uh, so... But yeah, if we, I, I agree. We should have had like a half an hour more of this kind of... I, I love Kurt and Santana... Like, I, I, you know, Santana is not always my favorite character, but there's some really great Kurt and Santana stuff in season four. And that is much more of an interesting dynamic than, I don't know, going on about 
you know. Yeah, I'd rather watch them scheming or hanging out in the <clears throat> loft or just like anything. They could be doing good, good or evil, and I would rather watch it than, I mean, most of the stuff. Yeah. So. Also, was anybody else confused? So Rachel goes and breaks up with Brody, and she's wearing an outfit. Mm-hmm. Which obviously changes when she has to go on stage because then it's hyper reality. And then she comes home and she's in a different outfit again. Yeah, I didn't Maybe even she... question it. I yeah. noticed because sure, that sweater she's wearing is awesome and I want to wear that. But, but did she just put the jumper over the top of the blue shirt? No, that wouldn't work at all. Mm. Wouldn't it? Maybe she had dance class and she had to change. And so she changed out to something else because it's February sure. and they realized it was cold outside. For like one leader with that with that meshy sweater. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. quite. I mean, this is where time literally stops for yeah. all intents and purposes. I don't know. I don't know. So she comes yeah, back. I did, I did Sorry, like what? how concerned they look when she comes back and she's like telling them about what happened with Brody, and the two of them both look like, "Oh, please say you broke up. Please, please, please." They both look yeah. like really like on the edge of their seat, like, "Oh no, what you do?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they so, don't trust her at all. Also, this is, I mean, the, we get Rachel again being, like you guys said earlier, you know, grateful to Santana that she had Finn do that thing. And it was like, really, really, Rachel, are you going to go there? And then her just completely judgmental about, and, you know, he was a sex worker, gross. And I was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on the plus side, we get to end the number on a very positive note. Um, I don't know. I just like Mamma Mia. I, I think it's funny when they hold up the box and they have the actress's like face, like there's like a sticker over it. <laughs> so you can see her face. <laughs> like, I also like when, just before that, when Kurt tells her that she's got a hot boyfriend pillow waiting for her named after the guy from the secret garden, the non-threatening boy from the secret garden. <laughs> I don't remember his name, though. Colin. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Let me end it. And it's Mamma Mia. And I love I, Mamma Mia. I love Mamma Mia. I, I love this. I love that it's one of my favorite unintentionally amazing edits of the golden hula hoop of destiny. Um. <laughs> oh, I thought that was intentional. Oh, that's it's intentional that it was Kurt and Blaine. That was yeah. really intentional. I, but the fact that um, at the time when the spoilers were coming out and then we saw this, everybody was like, this, this faction, oh, no, it wasn't everybody because a lot of people groaned that people even were saying this, that um, it means that golden hula hoop was um, gold for a reason because it meant marriage and that Clean was going to get married because of this golden hula hoop. Well, they're not <laughs> and wrong. we were like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> no. I mean, they're not wrong. So I, I just jokingly always call it the Golden Hula Hoop of Destiny. Um, however, I feel like I do... that's the fandom name for it. Yeah. Oh, is it? Did yeah. I did I not make that up myself? You didn't I won't make take that up. Then. Well, every maybe everybody copied you. I don't know. But it's <laughs> but it's definitely a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also wrote down the line when they throw the hula hoop. Now it's just on this other page. It says it says I could never let you go is what they're singing when they sing the when they throw the hula hoop to each other there's yeah. also a, a not 
as much on the New York side as more so on the on the Blaine Lima side. There are a lot of little subtle hints towards Clayne and a lot of edits. There's a lot of editing between Kurt and Blaine in this episode, which I'm sure is intentional because there's no explicit Clayne in this episode. So I think this was their way of showing that we have not forgotten about that plot line. However, it's going to be three more episodes before we get any more Clayne. But um, so, yeah. This is what I call like the last stop before the drought of season four until we get back to wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, but I I love the Mama Mia performance. I love the adorable dancing with the pillows in the loft. I love Unique on the Lima side. She's oh, amazing. Yeah. Like every, their outfits are amazing. The fun they're having amazing. And it is kind of funny that like the Brody plot line is alleviated from everyone and everybody has a big party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, and this still is my favorite episode. I'm trying to think if there is really anything that I really like in season four beyond it. But, like, it's so, except for the Brody stuff, which you can really kind of fast forward through if you don't want to watch it. Like, it is such a funny and lighthearted episode. I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I would have enjoyed um, getting a guilty pleasure from Santana. Because the New York oh, side was so yeah. heavy. Um, and Rachel obviously can't be having any fun because she's having serious drama now. Yeah. Um, but it would have been funny to have Kurt come home and find Santana doing something. I mean, mm-hmm. she must do something. Unless her guilty pleasure is just conniving and being mean. But that's not really fair. So that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> that's just a hobby. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wanted Santana to be doing something kind of stupid. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say um, earlier that it's kind of funny that Rachel kind of goes back to this, you know, relaxing and having fun when so much of the New York side is about, even in season four more so, is about trying to be an adult and achieve your dreams and be very serious. And it's nice that they kind of go back to a little bit of this, like, you know, they are still 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. They're still allowed to have, like, fun and be young and uh, for whatever reason, I feel like the show kind of forgot that they were like these teenagers for a while or that yeah. they, I don't know, maybe that's just the whole purpose of Rachel's arc is that she's getting back to being, you know, herself. But I mean, yeah. it's totally realistic that Kurt and Santana are sitting there with their significant other pillows, binge watching TV and probably eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know the show is going to go through some dark stuff because shooting stars the next episode. And then we have after kind of that, it's basically the next three episodes of all the shooting star stuff. And then eventually, you know, with Finn's passing, it's going to be heavy. But this is also the time, you know, I, I say wonderful is the turning the lights back on episode where it kind of becomes the goofy, cracky glee again. And I don't know, as with as much of this tragedy that kind of like overlays this time period, um, there's definitely a more lighthearted tone that's going to go forward. So, so, yeah. I like it when it's cracky. That's my favorite <laughs> kind of glee. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not terrible. I'm not terribly interested when it goes serious. I mean, no. they do a great job with the cracky stuff on this episode. There's just not that much of it in the New York part. 
No, there wasn't. They could not have put an, another possibility in the line aside. There's so much. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny because I, I asked you guys to be on it because I'm like, oh, this is a cracky episode. I didn't realize it'd be more serious than like. <laughs> just a bunch of Brody. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum. We, uh, we, we, we got very serious on there. Well, okay, fine. We will end it. Mama Mia. Like to participate. They are coming out with a second Mama Mia. I just want to say that for anybody. Wait, who what? They're coming out with a sequel. With the same cast? Yeah. So they're doing the same cast, and then they're also doing it back when Donna and the Dynamos were younger. Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) It's my guilty pleasure, and I don't feel any guilt about it. Even when Pierce Brosnan sings. He's terrible, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. RB, I think you win for the podcaster with the most guilty pleasures, but that's okay. Should we talk about more guilty pleasures? Because I've got more. <laughs> oh, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> this this podcast is a little short on running time. Let's talk about guilty pleasures. So one of the things that I unironically love and that everybody at work teases me for is that I love cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, but like, we're... The made-for-TV starring the same four Canadian actors year after year. Um, and did Heather Morris make one of those? Yes, because we talked about it on the Christmas episode. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't a Christmas one. She no, was... No, what? Well, I it don't wasn't think, a Christmas episode. It wasn't a Christmas one, it but it was a cheesy Hallmark made-for-TV Hallmark movie. Um, but I especially adore... The Christmas ones, because you could look at one that's like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. You add in Santa Claus. And I'm like, yes, I am so here for this. And so uh, people at work have found this out about me because I have no shame. And it has now become a running joke. They made so we use Slack at work to as our messaging system. And they made an entire channel devoted to uh telling me what the schedule was for Hallmark's countdown to Christmas. (laughs) And I'm like, you're trying to embarrass me, but it won't work because I'm not embarrassed about this. (laughs) I have favorites that I watch every year and I have, I have literally no shame. I love them so much. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you feel open to talking about (laughs) (laughs) your love. Of cheesy Hallmark movies. Cheesy Hallmark movies. But but it's the Christmas ones that really make it. You know, oh no, the factory is going to be shut down and the community has to pull together. Like, that's fine. But when you go, oh no, the toy factory is going to shut down and we technically live in Santa's village, then I'm in for it. <laughs> totally into it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, Yeah. And I have apparently gotten all of y'all speechless. It's like, oh, God. Well, um, does anybody else have any <laughs> guilty pleasures they would like to get off their chest? Well, we, this I mean, is a isn't safe it, place for all isn't of it my Glee? listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, you know, it's funny. Okay, so at work, kind of, no, you know, it used to be like Chris Colfer was my guilty pleasure. And everybody just, you know, like, they've accepted it now at work. They're like, okay, yeah, Pam really loves Chris Culver. I don't really talk so much about the Glee aspect or the whole, like, blogging or podcasting, but people know I do it, and I have not been shamed, so... No, come on. No, 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 no. This does no. not count. You are basically in your guilty pleasure right now, so that doesn't I know. count. 
I need something that you sh- feel like you should feel ashamed of it, but you don't because it's great. What's something like that in your life? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what a think. disappointing response. We're like, hmm. What are you <laughs> Or like, do we really want to say what our guilty pleasure is? Um, <laughs> Come on, guys! I jumped in feet first. Well, I, I don't even feel like this is that weird, but I absolutely love all of like the really sciencey YouTube channels and watch them religiously. Or then even on the non like list twenty five or whatever, I subscribed all of them and watched them religiously and That's love great. them. So that is mine. And yeah. All right, Show. who's next? Come on, guilty pleasure. I feel like I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. You're, oh, so yours really is glee. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, f- being a part of fandom, sort of. I don't know. It's secret for me, so there's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel like as long as you like it, who cares? Everything's fine. But that yeah. doesn't mean you have to share it with everybody in the world. Um, because I believe in the privacy of someone's mind. Uh, yeah. And that's totally fine. But... I don't well, know. So, so kind of, do we have any songs that you feel like you should feel guilty about it, but you love like all of the songs that they performed here, which because I'm a person of a certain age, I'm like, no, nah, I like that when it first came out. There's no shame in that. Mm. I like Call Me Maybe. I do too. I love that song. That was going, that was going to be mine. I, I adore Carly Rae Jepsen. I think she is just the cutest little button. Um, and I love Call Me Maybe. And I also love the orchestral version of it. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, you know what I'll, I, I will give out? Um, maybe it's just because this is, has to do with, like, I did this a lot with my, sing this a lot with my nieces, but What the Fox Say or whatever that Fox song is they do in season five that everybody oh. seems to hate. And I really love oh. it. But then again, like, I would sing it with my nieces. So that takes See? all the teeth out of it. That That's cute. Really cute. That, that doesn't take teeth out of it. That's adorable. I'm just saying, it just makes it cute. It doesn't make it guilty or sad or any of those things. It's just oh. adorable. I don't know. Anybody else? Embar- slightly embarrassing song choice or movie choice? TV choice? Mm. Anything? Book choice? Clothing choice? <laughs> I love... Choice. Um, I love onesies. So, like, the... The like adult onesies, I think they are just the most fun thing. <laughs> Sometimes me and my friends have onesie parties where you know you have a regular party, but everybody has to show up in a onesie. I have an owl one; it's great. Oh, That's I have awesome. Denzel one. <laughs> See, there we go. Okay, <laughs> but I, but I don't feel weird about it. <laughs> Did you not feel one. weird about anything? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I'm blanking. You know, when people say like, what's your favorite touching something, something, and your mind just goes blank. Oh, I put you on the spot. So no, you emailed this. This was part of the email. That's right. I did. Yeah. I'm unprepared. I made notes. I didn't, I didn't make notes, but I have plenty of embarrassing things that I love. (laughs) What about Mel? Who has been very quiet over there? I don't like it. Yeah, it's the cheesy movies and the TV shows, but I don't can I don't they're not guilty pleasures because people know that I like that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think that's the I'm thing that takes. I'm currently binge watching what my brother informed me is the home away of Canada on Netflix at the moment. Heartland, some like horse ranch show. There's like ten seasons of it, and I just can't <laughs> watching it. 
and awesome. I was just like, why? And there's, but I mean, to me, like the the ultimate guilty pleasure is is here. It's fandom and it's fan bidding and it's Tumblr because not one person in my life knows that I'm involved in that in any sort of aspect. Uh, true, true. <laughs> yeah. See, I agree with that. See, and I wonder if it's a little like once this is, you take this is our little secret. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I wonder once you take like once you I don't know because I feel like there's a lot of things that like oh I enjoy and whatever but I don't feel guilty about it because I I'm pretty open about liking these things so it doesn't make me feel guilty I don't know yeah so I think I also yeah. sort of don't really care if someone else doesn't like what I like because not everybody likes the same thing. And yeah, that's true. There's not very and many places where like my personal Venn diagram has that much overflow with other people. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so what I like is weird. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's when, you know, I don't know. I wonder if like also now, I mean, the four of us are, mm, we're not old, but we're definitely not like, oh, I'm old. You know, 19 or anymore. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like whatever you don't like what I like. Okay, that's great. That's yeah. fine. Like I don't get judged the way I did when I was like a teenager. So Ooh, yeah. another slightly guilty pleasure of mine is I really love early Hugh Jackman movies. Like, like Kate and Leopold. Like I fucking love Kate and Leopold. <laughs> um and um someone like you. I haven't seen that one. Oh, so Have it's Ash- so it's Hugh Jackman and Ashley Judd. And Ooh. what's Ooh. his face? Whatever. Um, but she's secretly dating this guy at work, and then she gets burned, and she's like, basically, men think of women like old cows. And so she pre- she creates this entire persona to like talk about it quote unquote academically, and then she loses her place and she has to move in with Hugh Jackman, who also works for her, who is like this, you know, I don't treat women with respect, but truly like way down deep he was hurt by his ex-girlfriend Rebecca and he's really a sensitive guy underneath it and spoiler alert they get together in the end and it's wonderful and there it's like New Year's Eve and you have all these like late 90s fashions where you're sitting there going those are terrible shoes honey they were terrible at that time and I'm really glad that they have not come back and it's just wonderful it is it is chicken soup for the soul it is taffy it is candy corn. It is amazing. And I love it. But I, watched... lo- I love early Hugh Jackman because have... he's just so precious. Have you seen Paperback Hero? No. Paperback Hero is like one of his first films. It's an Australian <gasps> film. And he's like this like rural, out in the rural Aussie outback, like dude, dude who like writes a novel and then uses his female friend's name as his pen name because it's like a romance novel and everything like that. And, you know, he's a dude out in the outback and he can't be known as that. And it's amazing. Sure. What's the title of that again? I've got my pen and my note. Paperback Hero. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that does sound good. Mm-hmm. I think the, the point that we are all trying to get across to my listeners, other than Pam analyzes things too much, um, is that if you like something, like it. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. So... There you go. One of my favorite things is when some when people really fucking love something. Mm-hmm. Like when people are passionately stupid about things, I enjoy it. I agree. Passion passion is fun, and people get excited for the most ridiculous of things, and it's great. Yep. So yeah, if you are one of those people who like to dress up in 
you know, Pokemon costumes and meet other people who like to dress up in Pokemon costumes and you create hey your man, own. Hey, man, I play Pokemon. I play Pokemon Go. I Personas. We do it. It's awesome. Um, no, it is, it's a real thing. It's actually, I, my brother will probably yell at me if he ever finds out I'm talking about it, but like, it's it's what something something people do and it's fine, you know? It's your Wait, thing. He dresses do up your in thing. Pokemon costumes? Well, and he doesn't dress up, but he, he has his own. I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> Basically, they they create their own characters. They create their own like Pokemon people. And I love this. this they pretend to be their own Pokemon online and they set up like little stories and it's kind of like when people do it with like they So that's do it with no Glee. different from the many, many fandom RPGs that I have participated See, in, in it's the years. Just like that. Yeah. So yeah. many. So many. All right, so I, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here, but um, <laughs> I want to thank you guys uh, for coming out and talking about guilty pleasures with me. No such thing. No reason for the guilt. Except for there's no such thing as guilt. You know, shame is just a word. There's no place for shame, so. <laughs> that, was, that was profound. profound. It was. It wasn't even my profound thought. It was Glee's. Um, <laughs> shame Wait, what? is a wasted emotion. This is true. Yeah, they say it in the quarterback. Kurt says it in the quarterback. Deep. So Kurt's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you have not, check out the Blaine side, um, which more of the episode is on. I mean, sorry, this one was so yeah, short, but there just was not like enough five hour I, podcast. Like, There's so much Lima so stuff. Much. Um, and if you have already done that, join us next week when we get way heavier because we do talk about shooting star and everything that kind of goes along with that. So uh, have a great Sunday. Finally found you, my missing puzzle piece. I'm complete. I was just Sunshine